Welcome to Santa Cruz Naturalist. I'm Emily Donham. This week, I'm chatting with Ben Walker, a UCSC PhD student and abalone expert, about some of the abalone found right here in the Monterey Bay. Can you give a very brief history of abalone and like why, for instance, we can fish for them in some places and not? Humans and abalone have been partners in existence in North America for so long. Like the indigenous thousands and thousands of years ago hunted and ate abalone regularly. Like the black abalone were the toughest ones, but the easiest to get. You know, you could walk around intertidal and see black abalone everywhere. And now we can still find their middens of where of black abalone shells. So basically just a mound of shells that indigenous people discarded after eating the abalone that were then covered by earth. So you can like dig in and find these like crazy abalone middens. So humans have been eating abalone for a long time in California. And then of course, up around the seventies, there started this huge culture to fish and eat abalone. Basically humans started eating abalone a lot. And then, like everything we seem to do, we ate way too many of them. And that's why in Southern California, the fishery closed first, and it, the, all abalone are still pretty sparse down there, comparatively. But thankfully, they're more abundant now than they have been in decades in Southern California. But that fishery closed first because humans just fished them out. And then it stayed open in Northern California, thankfully, because regulations were put in place to lessen the fishery. Uh, north of San Francisco. So for decades then, there was a recreational red abalone fishery north of San Francisco in California. But then four or five years ago, because of climate change and the multiple stressors that we experienced on the coast, uh, abalone, um, like 95% of the population starved. But thankfully, there are still a lot of abalone up there. Every time I go up there, I am like hopeful because there's still a really good population of abalone. They're just very shallow because they've been surviving off of different algal sources rather than macroalgae, which were basically depleted for a few years. That's so cool. I did not realize that that's why. So whenever we go out to Van Damme, I see tons of abalone in the shallows. And I didn't realize it was because they've probably been eating all of that like less desirable fleshy seaweeds that are growing in there that are not the giant kelp. Yeah, and that's why <clears throat> there was such a massive debate at first. That was a part of the red abalone um, surveys every year. And the surveys happened between zero feet and 60 feet. So we had densities throughout that entire range. And what most people did not see was everything past 10 feet was just is still pretty barren for abalone because there isn't a lot of kelp there. But abalone take a long time to be to go from you know a newborn baby to edible size. It takes about eight years. So it's going to take a while for us to see the population rebound. But thankfully, the ones that are there are going to be great for the future. Can you just very briefly go through like what their life cycle is like? Yeah. So abalone are broadcast spawners, meaning they get really close to each other and the females just spurt their eggs out into the water column and the males spurt their sperm out. And then those eggs and sperm find each other in the water column. So then after the egg is fertilized, it takes around 24 hours for the development to finish in the egg and the larva to hatch. So then they, they're swimming out in the water column for about a week. And then after a week, when they're all ready to settle, they've developed enough to make it in the world. They come back down to the seafloor, find a good patch of most likely crustose coral and algae, which they can sense, and they settle on that little crusty pink algae and start walking around and munching. So then they grow up. 
You've been listening to Santa Cruz Naturalist. I'm Emily Donham. Special thanks to my guest, Ben Walker, and as always, to all of you for tuning in.